Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Let the boys play. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon, JB is currently reclined like he's Kate Winslet yeah. in Titanic. Uh, uh, timely reference. Hate him. me like one of your <laughs> one of your French girls. Hang on, hang on. you just said let the boys pod play. So, let, let the boys play. Sorry. Since when did Matt Cotton get editorial control over our podcast? <laughs> it's usually us giving them editorial content for their podcast. Well. Can I just um, compliment, actually, listener of the pod? Like, you know, like like many rugby luminaries are, um, and honestly, through the World Cup, it's surprising. It, no, it's not surprising, but it's it's um, encouraging how many people involved in rugby are regular listeners to the That podcast. is very encouraging. A small but influential fan base. Yes, and uh, Matt Cotton, writer of the Times, is one of them. I, I would compliment his weekly article previewing the Premiership. Uh, fixtures done with some mirth yeah mirth yeah, is like a good it. word it's a good word joviality I, I like it it's very good and yeah he uh, he said he liked it when we when we said let the boys end at the end of the podcast <laughs> I didn't like it for the record <laughs> it was an accident but I think I think we should stick with it and um, he also got in touch on email like many people have done hello mm. Phil by the way sorry hello Tim uh, contact at gmail.com is how you can get in touch with us a bunch of brilliant emails this week which I'll pepper through the podcast uh, one of them uh Matt Cotton himself got in touch to say that you were talking. You call what did you call Sail Sharks Ground last week? The Temple of Tem- Fun. Temple of Fun. Yeah, Temple of Fun. He said that in in one of his <laughs> great articles for the Times, he has referred to it as Beatdown Boulevard. I quite like that. Yeah, which, which that is, is good. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that's another thing to check oh. in on the email. Any any great name uh, or any um, not unofficial names for stadiums that you have? Just on Beatdown Boulevard and people that got Beatdown Boulevard to that <laughs> place. Steve Diamond's got a new job. Really? Tell me more. He's got a new job alongside. I want. Well, how alongside it is, I don't know. But um, Nick, what's his name? From Coventry. You know the guy, the CEO of Coventry, Nick. I want to say Nick whoever, Jones. whoever that is. Yeah, he's a re- really interesting bloke. He's, he, he spoke quite, um, quite frequently about the Wasp situation in the Championship. And there's someone else who's involved in the Championship who's a bit of a heavy hitter, too. And those three. Are involved with forming Prem Two, which is the championship. Now, I do not give much praise out often to the RFU, but that's not a bad combination of people. I mean, those are sort of people I want thinking about the game. So, is that a formal announcement? Well, uh, it was on LinkedIn. Oh, really? Yeah. So Steve Diamond announced it on LinkedIn. Uh, God, so you I mean, are. He texted him and was like, "That 
that's amazing. What are, you, what are you doing? You are in deep on LinkedIn at the moment. I tell you, it's good for rugby. <laughs> it is good for rugby. And I'll tell you something else about LinkedIn late, uh, later on. Of course. But yeah, it's it's um, a great tease, that. Yeah, it's good. Um, can I start the podcast with a very, very traumatic story? Yes, please. Is it another harrowing, narrow defeat? It is another harrowing, narrow defeat. Very harrowing, very narrow. Undressed. Probably one of the few types of this defeat in modern history, but... Aylesbury went down to Marlow. Yeah, the, Aylesbury went down to Marlow. Basically, last play of the game. No, oh. nobody, or almost nobody on planet Earth is happy with that result. Uh, Save like, for the man sat opposite us, Tim, Tim Cocker, it's Tim, and maybe another person who. I'd be like uh, most of Marlow team aren't happy with that. <laughs> a few, a few of Sauron's minions. And Tim Cocker. <laughs> Some Nazis on the run in, in, in Argentina. They're celebrating, sure. And long-time listeners of the podcast will know that the, the whole Tim is a Marlowe fan. It kind huge, of, huge Marlowe fan. Kind of a, kind of a joke. Uh, but yeah, we, we got um, contacted on email with just a photograph of the scoreboard that read Aylesbury 28, Marlowe 34. Devastating. End of days. It is the end of days. Hi to Sean Caskey for that picture. Contact headchasers at gmail.com. It's incredible, right? So Aylesbury have, in their league, have won only two games this season, and yet they have 19 points. That, yeah. That's how many losing bonus points and try bonus points they've scored. They're brilliant losers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah cool. so, and, oh, just to add to that, we're going to be peppering this podcast with a lot of mentions of local rivalries, because loads of people have got in touch with us about local rivalries. It's uh, a hot topic. Yeah, well, we wanted to know what the big derbies are. And actually, there's one from the weekend. And let, let me sort of kick off the, the, the rugby from the weekend chat with maybe the the most intense rivalry that was played out this weekend between, just looking for the email, uh, yeah, Stuart Norman, the subject of this... Oh, no, that's, that's, I'll save that one for later, actually, because that's a really good one. Uh, but Avon played against Oldfield Old Boys this weekend, a, a real tight bath rivalry in the lower leagues well sorry I I lived in um, Oldfield Park so actually the way you say it when you live down there is not Oldfield it's Oldfield Old Boys oh nice (laughs) very good Um, god that brings up memories that accent yeah Arca Eli. Oh, when you were in Brizzle. Yeah, exactly. Oh, mate. It's like people chuck L's on the end of words. It's like, I'm, I'm going down Asdors, mate. You want anything? <laughs> they do as well. <laughs> yes, that is very true. Um, well, where is it? Local rivalry. Oh, man. Do you know what I said before the podcast? Get all the local rivalry I've, emails ready. I've got it written down, I think. Oh, this is really unprofessional. This is, this is phenomenal. This is phenomenal. Well, I know. Let's shall we kick off with a, with one of the sport's biggest local rivalries. Go on. Whilst you're looking for it, who watched Bath versus Gloucester this weekend? Yes, mm. Friday Night Lights. What did you think? Um, I thought it was so. Looking at the team sheets, I was expecting Bath to win quite comfortably. Were you really? Yeah. Mm, tell I, me more. I was because JB looked at the Bath pack and said they're not big enough. Second and row. You looked at the second, second row, row. Up and you fancied Gloucester. I did. Yeah. And Although, I will say that my predictions, at the end of the day, were all away wins. And you were one I short. one short, so... Mm. Yeah, yeah. I thought that the <laughs> Bath... How could you predict simultaneously Gloucester were going to win and all away, all away wins? wins? Because I then reversed my Gloucester thoughts. Because, <laughs> right. you know, Gloucester also don't have a massive second row. No, they don't. So, and that's something which we need to talk about in a second, actually, because it's, an, it's going to be an overall theme for the, for, for, for the Premiership. But yeah, I actually thought that they matched up quite nicely. 
And I just thought Gloucester would be the better all-round team as in like a unit. And that's why I thought they could cause Bath some trouble. And so Bath have clearly stepped on. They've they've moved on a step. Um, Gloucester feel like they've stepped back. It does. Mm. And it, mm. it, there's a few youngsters and a few cogs missing in probably key positions. Like the, the 9-10 combo of Gloucester versus the 9-10 combo of Bath. Yeah. In Varney and Barton versus Spencer and Finn Russell. Massively, That's a big difference, isn't it? Massively. Big difference. Yeah. And I, I thought the packs probably I thought front row probably slightly in Bath's favour. Second row, you're right, probably maybe slightly in um Gloucester's favour. Back row, relatively even. Mm. Not not much to pick. Half backs in massive in, yeah. massively in Bath's favour. But Barton was going well. Yeah, was yeah. Really he's, he's nice not Finn Russell though, is he? No, that is absolutely true. And, and can we just say, right? His so bank balance will back that. One of my favourite pictures. Um, just, I, I love when players lean into the rivalry and embrace the rivalry. And there's been some great moments. Um, there, but there was a friend of the pod, uh, Carl Ferns. The photo of him just running over and arms in the air right in front of the shed after <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. it's just a great picture they do hate him in the shed they, that is, they that is absolutely true. hate him um, and, but, but Finn Russell shushing the shed was he's only very early in his bath career that was an iconic moment yeah yeah it was um, do you know when I thought this game was over I thought the turning point of this game was Santiago Carrera's tackle on oh, Joe Cockenasinger. I thought you were going to say Will Muir. When no, Will Muir just ran the, over yeah, it. No, no, no. It was the Cockenasinger tackle, which was the big one. So there's a little crossfield uh, kick to Cockenasinger. Cockenasinger gets it clean, and then Carrera, as he's been doing all day, has been putting his body on the line. And I think mm. that hit was just one too many. And it was that hit which really put him off for the Muir hit. Because <clears throat> he got absolutely wiped out. And then when it happened again, he's like, I just can't do this anymore. I am done. Yeah, he did get skittled by Will Muir. Yeah. Who's probably, he is a big, strong boy. He's probably not quite as big as Cock and a Singer. No, but he's more powerful in a way, like awkward. Yeah. And, it's, right. it's the awkwardness. Yeah. Do you and, think, do you think, so Gloucester, already we're, what's five, is it five, round five that was? Yeah. 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 Round five, so we're halfway through, we're a quarter of the way through the season, the regular season. There's 18 games yeah. this season, yeah. And... Would you make any decision on either of these teams right now? Yes, they are going to be in the playoff hunt, or no, they're not. No, I wouldn't, is the answer. Now, <sighs> go on, Phil. I'd say, I would probably say neither of them are going to be in the playoff hunt, would be my instinct. I think Bath have got more chance, but I yeah. think there's there's other teams who are better that we'll probably come on to in a, a short while. So I think the secret to understanding the Premiership this, this year is there are no good teams and there's one bad team. So... <laughs> yeah, like... Well, it's, it's relative, though, because... No, it's not, no, it's not relative on Newcastle. They are legit... Oh, bad. yeah, sorry. They're legit the, bad. Newcastle yeah. are bad. That, no, there's no disagreement there. Yeah. The, the good is relative. If you put them against, say... Toulouse or La Rochelle or Leinster... Yes, 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 yes. None of these teams are particularly good. In the league, though, there are then shades, and I think I think Quinns are a good team. I think Sale are a good team. I think uh, Northampton, although when it gets a bit wetter, perhaps not. Well, you even, well, Phil, you're going to list the whole league. Well, I think Saras- up, well no, yeah. because I think there's I think there's about four or five teams yeah. who are going to be keeping Tigers and, and Tigers. Tigers maybe, but Tigers are second bottom at the moment. Yeah. Bristol Bears could come alive. No, do you well, think? Well, here's the thing. No. I, I think I, I don't Bristol wanna- Gloucester. 
No, no. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you there, Phil. I think and Bath, probably not. So I think the way to understand the Premiership this year, and we're probably late to this because we're on Game 5 and we should have done this on, say, Game 3, is but, you but need no, to But no one cared about the Premiership in Game 3 because the uh, World Cup was right. Absolutely yeah, right. Absolutely yeah. right. So we're, we're and all... more for the Premiership for having their games. Yeah. They could have had them during the Six Nations instead of during the World Cup, but, yeah, they, so chose, but just, they chose not to. So we're just playing catch-up here, right? Mm. But the secret to understanding the Premiership this year is understanding what each team does and how that matchup is relative to their opposition. Because this year, more than any other is what do you leave out of your team when you're building it. So it's a little bit like this last year, but this year is really that case. So you can do some things, but you don't have the budget to do all things. Like, Exeter have absolutely crucified two of the best teams in the in the league, particularly Sale. There was no excuse for what happened to Sale from mm. Sale. Yeah, even with a, a weakened team, still yeah. no excuse. The, yeah, I, I mean... Because they got, they got panned 40 nil, wasn't it? Smashed. But then they got smashed themselves today by Ooh. Northampton. So you've got to look at each team. It's so hard to understand the Premiership this year because you've got to understand where the teams are strong and how that plays out against well, their opposition. I will also take it back a step and say, I think, and I don't want to be negative because I think two things can be true at once. One, you can have a very competitive league which throws up some really entertaining games, which we, which we saw this weekend. Secondly, you can say the standard is not great. No, it's not. So yeah. here's my thoughts on building a Premiership team at the moment. Okay, I think we have to give up on the idea that you can build a La Rochelle in the Premiership. Not going to happen. Just not a thing you can do. Or a Toulouse, or a Leinster. Those all-round great teams aren't going to happen because the rare trait that you need in rugby is size. And anyone of any size within these teams is going to go to France, right? They just are. Like Dave, like Dave Ribbons or you know, Kieran Brooks is in France at the moment. Like anyone with any size. So you're going to get these smaller packs. I think that Northampton probably have the right idea as to Harlequins at the moment, which is you just get the most skillful lads. And as such, it's a very attractive product, but it's not going to last any length of time at all when it comes to Europe. They are going to get absolutely creamed. But I think that's the way it's going to go. You're going to be looking at average body size kind of lads because the rare huge talent will have gone elsewhere, except for a handful of England boys. Yeah, because there are a couple of teams who are... Well, probably three teams who are really trying to gather the size of players mm. in Exeter, yep. who've been doing it for years, Leicester, yep. and Sale. Yeah, I know that's obviously this is this is um, professional rugby. Everyone wants size, but they'll do it. But those teams do prioritise. It seems like from the outside looking in that they prioritise size certainly in key positions and interestingly when you look ahead to European matchups don't you sort of think like Sale will handle themselves better against some against many teams than most premiership sides for example yeah Sale are the most adept I think for yeah. European competition uh, Saracens Saracens will be because they've got the experience yeah, yeah. more than anything else well, and very talented players yeah. yeah, yeah, both those things are true. Um, and not Exeter. I mean, and the other thing is with the age profile of these lads, you're going to have to take a massive punt. So Exeter have done a great job of finding big lads, big physical lads, at the right price. So you can guarantee when those contracts are up, they're off to France. Unless they're English qualified and they've got a shout with the England team, they're gone. And this is going to repeat itself over and over again. I think the easier way to build a team at the moment is a Northampton or a Harlequins where you get young lads who are very, very talented, but that talent, like, it's it's like eight A-grade talent, but not A-plus talent. Yeah, you, you upskill them yeah. to the limit, to the handling and cohesion side of things. 
but you can't make them any bigger. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, I definitely think there's something in that. This this Exeter team, even though they they did get hammered, uh, they got nothing out of their game um, today, and, and we were probably thinking they'd have a, a good shot of winning this. Exeter do excite me, not for this year, because I think they're just too young, but they've brought a lot of talent through and picked up some interesting, unusual players, and it's it's giving Baxter two three years. It's almost like when he kind of went back to 2012 13 mm. when he was just building into a premiership team he's almost back at that stage and he's got to rebuild from the grounds up because i mean other than henry slade um Who, who's they, this, name? well this this starting lineup is slade's been there for 10 years um vermarlin has the, been there the, for a couple the of years the entire rest of the back line though yeah the, the entire rest of the back the team the I you could say Hawkins is a Welsh international, but yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's only been there 12 yeah. months. Exactly. Yeah, quite. They, like, they're, they're all brand new. So, yeah, it's um, it's a hell of an ask. But they seem to have got the right personnel. And they seem to be playing in quite a nice... Well, except for today. But yeah. they seem to know what they're doing. They seem to have a, a clear identity as Exeter do. Yes. Now, the, I think the, the other advantage... So, I'm going to look at the pre- Premiership in a more positive light this week. It doesn't change the numbers. It doesn't change the eventual downfall in three years time when it all collapses but the positive light will be I still do believe that the standard of coaching in the premiership is, is good sky high mm-hmm. absolutely sky high and I think Exeter probably proved that but then you know did you not some of these games this, uh, this weekend uh, Leicester uh, Harlequins would be won and to a certain degree so was Bath Gloucester I thought the skill levels and the coaching levels were, were sky high mm-hmm. like some of the things that these teams did were really, really good. <coughs> what you don't get in the Premiership is you're not going to get that international intense intensity, which we saw. Yeah, and that, that's the you that's, don't get that. that's mm. the little ingredient that I think I'm I'm not dissatisfied because I I enjoyed it, but it's white that, sugar. Yeah, it yeah. was it was kind of like I, I can sort of watch a game, and ordinarily when you have got two teams at whatever level, you you can identify, you know, oh this is a great matchup, this is an entertaining game, but you can identify also when it is not quite top-notch intensity. Yeah. And I, I maybe it's different. I've been, you know, I spent the last eight years sitting on the sidelines watching and, and, I'm, and I'm sort of got a different, in, different in, I'm more unlike you two with the Premiership now. So I, I'm, I have to be careful of my biases. Is that clouding my judgment? I don't think it is, though. I'm not, I'm not enjoying it as much because the gap between, between this standard and where it's been is, is but a you, massive step down. You've also, you've just been... Yeah, you're right. Uh, you've been, you've been sat Cup. in the in the stands. Yeah, you're right in the Rugby World Cup, witnessing genuinely some of the best games of all time. Yeah, you're right. Like some of the some of those knockout games, and even some of the pool games are some of the all time classics that we will look back on. Yeah. So it's like I'm hungover from that. Yeah, it's like you've been like. Um, binging on fentanyl for two months mm. and then someone just offered you an aspirin and you're like oh this isn't really hitting the spot now i think you're right mate <laughs> i think that's probably it to be honest but what's what's um dovetailing that that when you think about the world cup quite often people always talk oh the world cup this is gonna this is gonna uh, get more interest get more people into the sport get more people into the game the attendances are down uh, Are big, they a big chunk? Yeah, it didn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. It didn't surprise me one bit. There was no joined up thinking, no joined up strategy, no cross promotion. There was nothing. Now, it was amazing how little they cared on comms about where the players played. 
I mean, I want to know that stuff, but they just didn't really mention it. It used to be like the Quinsman or the man from Northampton or, you know, X Mark Cups for Leicester. That was a big deal. Like the Leicester front row, that was a big deal. Yeah, but, no but, cares. but then, but the, okay, yeah, that's fine. But that, that would explain that why there wasn't an increase, but it doesn't explain why there's a tangible drop. It was in no. the rugby paper today because, because um, yeah, if they hadn't cross-promoted it, you could go, oh, like, all these people have this interest in rugby and, and they could have been captured and they haven't been sent going. I but actually, actually the, the, the drop is the bit that concerns me. I suspect if you actually know who the people are and you could categorise them, you'd see an inflow of new eyes, only small, but an inflow of new eyes who'd watch the World Cup. It wouldn't be a huge inflow, but something. And then you'd see le- people leaving who are disheartened, who are hardcore Premiership fans. Or who were. Yeah, hardcore. who were hardcore Premiership fans. I, I guess I if you were a Premiership season ticket holder at one club last <laughs> year and you and three teams went bust, you might just go... Well, Even the, if you were at a club... No, what well, I'm saying is if you were... If like yeah. three of your home fixtures were... And because it like, didn't happen, Sale had one home game in between maybe yeah. end of January and April. Yeah. Well, Sale aren't really in a terrible situation, but imagine you're an Exeter fan, right? All you've seen all last year are your favourite players leave. So it's a hell of a ask to go and just support the jersey. I know that's what fans should do, but you actually end up wanting if you watch a team for a prolonged period of time supporting the players. And all they've seen is players leaving, players leaving. They have no idea if, like, Ethan Roots is any good, Ross Vincent is any good, what's their relationship with, like, Tom Kearns or, you know... But they've seen Jack Knoll, Luke Cowan, Dickey... Exactly. ...come up from, from boys. Yeah, yeah, Sam Simmons and Joe Simmons. Yeah. Um, Johnny Hill, I mean, that was last year. But, you know, the, yeah. you start compounding all these, all these lads at once, thing, and you think, Christ, as a fan, I'm going to have to watch this entire rebuild. And I just don't think the Premiership brand is strong enough for that. Even ex, even ex- the Chiefs. So I, t- I think there's yeah. another thing in the Premiership uh, that we saw a little bit this week, and we saw, definitely saw it last week, in that because the squads are thinner... Um, and talent has left the league, which means it's been replaced by younger guys generally, and certainly less experienced guys. Um, teams are going to prioritise their home matches, so they're going to mm. send weaker squads away. And we saw it this week with Saracens and, and Exeter, I think, this week. We definitely saw it last week with Bath going to Northampton uh, and giving Finn Russell a week off, as an example. With Tigers going to Saracens, what would traditionally be a big top of the table clash and, side, and Tigers not bringing their internationals but Saracens fielding their internationals um, any team Newcastle going away or any team going to Newcastle are going to field Newcastle are going to have a, a weakened side so I think you'll see a bit more of that which is going to create some mismatches the, the two um, or the three notable exceptions this week Sale took a strong Perhaps not their strongest team, but a strong enough team mm-hmm. to Bristol. Bath in the West Country Derby did field a strong team. And Quinns. Quinns fielded a strong, very strong team and got the the spoils against Tigers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a good matchup. And, and, it was. And in the sort of uh, looking ahead to Six Nations squads and things like that, um, there'll be a lot of people after the weekend going, oh, Finn Smith, got to get Finn Smith in. Finn Smith will have his day, and it will be in the future. Uh, but I'm gonna Will Collier. It's someone like I genuinely think 
you can't scrum, you can't win. International <laughs> rugby. 100%. He's just a big lump. So we'll, I don't care what, yeah. I actually, in a way, don't care what he does around the park. He's not that, but he's pretty he's we'll decent, actually. Will Collier came up in... Um, him, getting in. He yep. came up in conversation the other day. And the point about him was, if he's South African, he'd have a handful of caps. Yes. Because they, they love their scrummaging. Just big men. Just big men. And I think, yeah. Mind you, the Quinn's scrum didn't go all that well against Leicester. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. It didn't have it all. It's and it had, had Marla um, and Marla and Collier starting. and Collier starting, and they weren't they weren't as good as I was hoping for. I mean, they still won the game. Yeah, against Cole and Van Vyke. Yes, with, uh, with Cronin coming off the bench. Yeah. So, uh, tell you what, watching Dan Cole run is painful. <laughs> it is so painful. In fact, watching um, tell you another another guy who caught my eye this week for his athletic prowess or lack of. Alfie Barbary seems very out of shape to me. He's, I think he's. Well, I mean, he came off. Did he come off this week? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. With, with about 20 minutes to go, he came off. Yeah. with a knee. Yeah, I think issue. So, so it's, there was a pretty uh, someone tackled him. Oh, there off was the a, ball. He was, yeah. he was a deep yeah. one. He got, he got smashed. I which mean, that's is, the game, isn't it? He's had he's had repeat. Yeah, he's had repeat knee injuries. But he didn't look good but, on the fit. He looked sluggish to me. Yeah, and this really worries me. Not because, well, yes, actually, when a player has had a lot of time out, you expect them to come back in peak condition. And the thing which ruins your conditioning is the game of rugby. So by the time you get to the end <laughs> of the season, you are not in good shape. Well, I'm going to go... I, I was going to bring up Alfie Barbary as well in a different context. I was going to say, we've just seen a World Cup final where Dion Faree played 78 and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. Alfie Barbary used Alfie Barbary used to be a hooker. Like, and, and also a centre. And also a centre. <laughs> I just That I, would be useful. I, I know it seems to al- al- almost have become um, just single-minded thinking he is a back row he is a back row but I, I just I, I, was, I was watching him thinking Dion Faree and thinking well he was a hook he was a yeah, hooker you can yeah. actually get him in particularly in that position well I'll, I'll give you another South African comparison I'll give uh, this is great praise to Bath but Sam Hill, we've not seen him for so long do you know who he reminds me of? Cragger Smith the English Cragger Smith the <laughs> administrator <laughs> of violence on a field <laughs> Christ he's violent well and, yeah, and and I came away from the third fourth place playoff game thinking if Sam Underhill had been on the bench for England as we said on the pod and not Billy Vanapola England would have been in a World Cup final I, I think there is talk about fighting fire with fire mm. yeah I, Underhill he looks like he's playing really well at the moment I mean how long will that be because of his injury record but Imagine to, the- to that point about Billy I think you could have had you could name about 10 Premiership players. Yeah. But Billy had probably his worst ever game in an England shirt for the 15 minutes that he was on the pitch. For, for, for his last, possibly his last ever England probably game. Probably his last ever England game. worst ever England game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which, which is like, that's kind of the way it should go, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's, don't just retire. The, you know, the like, um, Most people don't go, oh, I've just won everything, I'm going to retire. Well, uh, well, Aaron Smith nearly did it. Yeah. yeah I was really yeah. annoyed with that. Like, if you just win the World Cup, you carry on. You, don't, you do not stop. And like Courtney yeah. Laws' last last game because he didn't play in the third place no he didn't he, he was, was immense. huge he was in, the, yeah. in the semi yeah I want, I want Courtney Laws to carry on until he has an absolute shocker, shocker never, gets picked, never gets picked again <laughs> <laughs> it is nice like so few players get to go out when they want because like Courtney Laws has gone out on his term I don't Billy, agree, I don't agree Van- with it but yes yeah yeah I don't agree with Same, it. but uh, Billy, Billy Vanapola has is likely going out not on his yeah. terms so there is something to be said for it yeah 
Yeah. I'll, you, I'll just quickly jump through a couple of emails because I found the one. It was from Ian Paris earlier. He was talking about local rivalries. This was after JB, his team, Didsbury Tock H, who got handily beaten by Eccles this weekend. You did get badly beaten by Eccles. But, but, but they, di- they dished it out against South Manchester rivals Broughton Park last weekend. So we just said, right, let us know if there's any big local rivalries going on where you are. Ian Paris got in touch and says... Uh, there's a spicy bath derby this weekend, just the one just gone yesterday, where my club, Avon RFC, are playing, as I mentioned, Oldfield Oud Boys in the only bath derby in our league. Counties 2 Somerset should be a cracker. And it was a cracker. And it was very, very tight as well. It was a, a 31 to 27 victory for Avon over Oldfield Oud Boys. How about Oldfield? Yes. Have, yeah. Well, congratulations to, a- to, to Avon. And there is, in, in terms of, this is great, uh, Stuart Norman has an email, contacttedtasters at gmail.com, saying the local derby to end all derbies. And this could be the benchmark for mm. all future emails. He says, look no further. Wiveliscombe versus Wellington. Oh, big. Is a Boxing t- Day tradition with a rich history. Based seven miles apart in rural West Somerset, this annual event boasts crowds into the thousands with, bo- with both towns looking forward to it every year for local bragging rights. To say the games of the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s were tasty is an understatement. <laughs> I invite you down to Wivy this year to experience a true local derby and, of course, plenty of cider and beer. The game is renowned across the southwest and is something that all local teams only wish they were part of. See, wow. see, see the links below to the reference to the Wiveliscombe history and the Boxing Day derby. Um, it's quite something. Well, uh, I'm going to have to say, it's not a derby, but I'm going to say hello to um, Ickingham Saints. I think that's how you say it. Uh, how, how, how you say it? Um, it sounds like they've had a bit of a tough time of it, lost their ground, so on and so forth. But they had, as I understand it. I know someone that plays for them or is involved in that club. Is please it the same tell me who it is. I think, isn't um, Dougie from the Morlo podcast? It is. Yeah. He is involved. Uh, I think it's their first one of the season, which is not a walkover. Oh, good lads. So well done, guys. Well done indeed. Um, uh, the history of that that Wiveliscombe versus what Wellington game was a, a, oh, yes, please. a, a rugby match that took place between Wiveliscombe and Taunton School 150 years after they first played each other. There was an exhibition match. Um, also, the re- there was recently an exhibition match to mark 150 years. So that that that's the rivalry that goes back and uh, it's played out on Boxing Day every day. Uh, a Boxing Day match is still a thing because you used to play on Boxing Day. I will you? play Boxing Day if there's a local game. So my club, Colwyn Bay. It fell onto hard times, to put it mildly. Um, a lot of people left, and they didn't do it. So they used to do like once you end the tradition, it's it's done, isn't it? Yeah. So we used to do so. We used to do various things. We used to do Wales versus the rest of the world. They were really good fun games. Um, and then it sort of <coughs> turned into touch one year, and then it sort of died. But I think that might come back. Uh, the other club in my local area that does really good Boxing Day do is Llandudno. And London really goes to town on it. And every time you go down, I mean, every time I've been down to that, it's been dynamite. And they are the traditional local rivals to Colwyn Bay. But it's hard to say with rivalries. With leagues, a rivalry can die out really quick. As soon as one team fades and, you know, and the other team just forgets all about them, uh, that, that rivalry can die out for like a decade. And that's basically what happened with Colwyn Bay, uh, London. Mm. Well, that's why we need to keep these local rivalries alive. So let us know if there's a, a spicy derby happening where you are. Contact Chasers at gmail.com. I'm just quickly going to jump to an email from uh, Jang as well, who's uh, got in touch and says, um, well, he says, 
As below, perhaps we could use AI to build perfect teams and for them to play games of rugby um, like Tron. Uh, let me just explain what's going on here. So he sent a link to a, a Substack article, which I, I thought this was like a sarcastic at first, but it's a genuine suggestion by Ed Warner. Um, and it's a Substack article. It's quite well followed by, by the look of it. But this guy is suggesting that... Why would you put athletes through the suffering Stop. Of, Stop. of sport? Stop already. When when you for for the benefit of people just watching for people. But that's not the benefit. That's not the benefit. Ed Warner, you're wrong. Well he so he's suggesting you could he said sports could not only survive but thrive. No. If they harness AI, marrying man and machine, while preserving the allure and frailty of the human condition. No, it, whoa, it could whoa, take our whoa. enjoyment to new levels and into new dimensions. No, it Gives an example saying you could have a, a Rumble in the Jungle rematch billed as a live immersive experience of the 1974 Ali versus Foreman not fight in Kinshasa. I, all I'm tell. It's, uh, uh, it's AI basically simulating a fight. Yeah, basically that's what he's suggesting. Just, just, just I have. So, so he's basically suggesting, and this is what um, I'm not saying. This guy's a fan of anime porn, but I can see the, <laughs> I can see where the constituency <laughs> for this sport is coming from. So, right? so, so now let me. Um, oh yeah, go on. So here's why. Right? What, what do you mean the frailty of the human human condition? What do you mean for the benefit of us? The real benefit of, of the sport is for the people that play it, and then we live vicariously through them. Right, we our pathetic lives can only dream to be as good as their lives. The second, it's amazing what they do. Well, that's kind of the, the point that Ed Warner's making. He's like, well, this is you can now achieve that. You can achieve that feeling for the spectators without. Putting, no, you can't because without, without, without the, the suffering, it. without the suffering and the backstory and knowing how that guy got there, like AI will never create the plucky underdog. And if it did create the plucky underdog, it won't be plucky underdog because you know right. how it's going to end. It'll be. It won't be long before. And this is a, a fast, genuinely. I, I I know I've spoken to people that are involved in this, and it's genuinely incredible. There's enough audio of us. We've got. We're into our eleventh season of doing podcasts. Oh, no, <laughs> where. We we could automatically generate podcasts and we don't actually do the podcast. This is a great idea. <laughs> Does it have to be on rugby? Could we do like an F1 podcast? Could we have a range of podcasts? Well, no, the point, the point is now, maybe maybe this is it. The TMO, the, the Egg Chaser sh- uh, TMO shipping container is probably defunct because whenever one of us is on holiday, it's fine. We just, <laughs> th- just turn on the AI fill and <laughs> automatically generate generate his input. But, um, but, but Jang's email says, uh, gents, as below perhaps we could use ai to build perfect teams and for them to play rugby like tron and so real contact or roughness or concussions would in uh, none of it would ensue at all concussions surely the ultimate ambition of the rfu concussions yeah concussions did anyone see this yes start the week so obviously a week is a long time and therefore we forget things concussions um, this has sort of died down conveniently, has it not? Oh, this, this is interesting. Some stories which come out and some research and some science really flies and takes off. Some gets kind of mentioned casually and then and then just, like, swept off, so, swept away. Inconvenient you, are you Are you aware of this uh, story, Phil? Yes. Tell me if I've got this completely wrong. Tell me if I'm I, losing my mind here. But as I understood this story, right, it said that... Research. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Story, yeah. People in Otago, players in Otago, are wearing gum shields yep. uh, to measure the impact that they receive from rugby. The G-forces. The G-forces, right? Obviously, there is a problem with 
the professionals. I, have we mentioned there's a pro- problem with the professionals? <laughs> I don't know if anybody in rugby's mentioned Does it. Mentioned that, but, sure, but no, but I, but no one else seems to mention it. Well, it's very well established in some quarters that there's an issue uh, with with contact and and particularly high contact and high concussive force in rugby. Um, but I assume that if anything's been done about it, they've done it at the elite level. You would assume, right? You would assume, surely, right? That, that's what that's what rugby's done, isn't it? That's exactly. What, they haven't oh. just brought it in at the amateur level. Oh, anyway, carry on. Yes, exactly right, Tim. Exactly right. So, the two quotes that got me, and I'm pretty, sh- I, 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 I should have had this written down, but lower level amateur rugby, like stuff that I play, the impacts are broadly in line with other um, other recreational sport. I told you, I, I, I know, I play it. I fucking know. I told you, I've been telling you for years now, I know. The people that play the sport... are more dangerous. Yeah. I know. I don't go on roller coasters. And this is it. <laughs> the, the people that actually play the sport, when they spoke with that one voice, when the RFU clumsily put out their, their new protocol that they were going to do at the, what they've called the... Uh, the amateur level or no, the, uh, the community, uh, community level, level. Which, in, which involves semi-professional outstanding athletes in the national division one and below um, when they had the community game the whole voice of the community game spoke well I won't say exclusively spoke with one voice but the majority of people at the community game said no right because so- they play the game and they know it and we know there is what we see on the TV and what you play when so, did we talk H played Eccles? So do you know when they say to you, trust the experts, right? And then you're treated like a conspiracy theorist because you don't trust the experts. This is why we don't trust them. So, some, I mean, the, the, the doctor, the the chief RFU doctor, who has been paraded round saying, oh, look at the science, he should be struck off. I'm deadly serious. Like, he just used his authority and his credentials in order to change the game. And it clearly... He obviously doesn't know what he's talking about. He's obviously incompetent. What is that guy, guy's name? He needs to be struck off. I mean, anyone who uses their credentials just to enforce something which they don't know about, I, I think it's. I think it's remarkable. The consequence and the consequences of the the consequences of this are that there are schools that don't play rugby now. There yeah. are mm. parents who don't want their kids to play rugby now. The perception that has been made almost like truth. By perce- well, the, percep- the perception is that it is significantly more dangerous than it turns out, according to this piece of data, and let's wait for more to confirm. So they, so they did these these law changes, right? And I'm pretty sure it's something like they did these law changes in anticipation of the release of the data, which is crazy. So when we're looking at the... like We spoke about a bit of research last week, didn't we? about what people are watching, what they're not watching at younger ages, and rugby has fallen out of the top 20. And one of the reasons is, the marketing is like, yeah, watch this, but you will die. You know, play it, but you <laughs> will have a severe concussion. And the pros are getting sick of it too, because the pros have been told constantly, like, you're just going to die. Like, there is no light at the end of the tunnel, you're going to have concussion, you won't remember your kids, and then you'll die. Um, and it's just not true. It's not true. It is a purely politically motivated thing. It's for it's run basically by people like Alison Pollock, who are 
seriously worried that their son Hamish was not man enough to play rugby and therefore goes on a crusade. And that is exactly what happened. Well, he got hurt. Unlucky, it happens. Well, we've got the truth on our side on this particular point. So that is the so, truth. So that we, is 100% so the truth. So we don't he need got, to characterise it like that. He got injured. Yeah, yeah, no, but no, 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 let's, no let's get 100% get, get, get the on. truth. Her whole campaign is predicated on Hamish getting injured. And after that, she yes. went round and said to all the other parents, well, no, what, what would you, you like your sons to get injured? What you just said is you're worried her 20. son's not man enough to play rugby. You don't need to put it in that term. Okay, she... She did put not. It, she did not allow the space way to become man enough to develop to play rugby. <laughs> right? That is who's. Tra- I mean, it's absolutely outrageous. She's allowed. To, she's and allowed. She to, parades around. And she's allowed doctor, to. Why is she? Why is she not struck to. off? No, they no, should no, be struck off. No, no. She's allowed. She's allowed to. But it's the job. Not as a doctor. She's not. Well, she's allowed to have given opinion, but yeah. Not as a doctor, she... No. When well, she stands up there and says, I'm a public health official, I'm a public <coughs> health do- doctor, okay. we should ban this. Here is the UN Convention right. for the Abuse of Children. She should be struck off. Okay. And so should the doctor who right. who um, advised the RFU well, immediately. What, well, what they would say is this one study doesn't disprove what we were saying. It's just a study. Yeah. And what so, I would say is, particularly the guy with the so, RFU, your job is to look yeah. after rugby players. Right, yeah. So, so that's what I was going to say. They would just say, like, people will present arguments as they should and they will have a they will have a perspective you've got a perspective I've got a perspective and we will quite often find evidence that but they're not equal perspectives that, and no, that's really well, important no, but we we people generally we all do find the evidence that backs up what we think and there's very few people that are able to completely impartially make an assessment based on facts but when you're running a sport that is your job you kind of have to that is yeah. your job hang on is that your job well, before you, before you make a decision, no, no, no. I'm not saying that's your job, but before you make a decision on a given topic, you have to. Yeah, you have to be. Can I be very clear here, right? The people in charge of this were not bothered about running our sport, and you know this by the event of T1. You know this by their pathological um, desire to just expand the player base without any regard to the actual game itself the way they don't celebrate the actual true values of the game not the values that they make up not the managerial type values the actual values that we care about you look at all these things combined and actually the reason they wanted to ban the high uh, the high shot had nothing to do with the science and they knew it well no it was the, 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 the high shot's always been banned it's always Sorry, the higher tackles to lower it it was purely a perception thing uh, as is t1 it the whole thing is linked the whole thing is linked. It sucks. Well, that that new game of Touch T One is is actually just so they own the sport. Yeah, so they can expand their player base. Yeah, it's well, so. Just just an example of this. I was chatting to um, a Welsh chap last night. I was at a dinner oh, nice. last night. Guy I'd never spoke to before, and we we're talking about rugby. And he said, "When I was younger, kind of my dream was to be a professional rugby, a high level rugby player. Um, never made it, but." my dream for my son would be for him to be like a, a good rugby player but now given everything that's going on in the game I'm not sure I'd, I'd want him to go into that and I was like that's just so he's, he's a guy who he watched the World Cup he doesn't follow a club team and his perception of the sport is and he said head injuries so it's he's incredible, isn't it? he's someone who has been like our own our own sports public publication of itself has just been this like this negative tirade for the last yeah. however many years. And we even even the World Cup made I know what they were trying to do was make the spectacle better, but actually when you think about it from a PR point of view, what the what the bunker did was make a whole layer, a whole story, a whole element of the of the sport 
and a whole load of the narrative and the talking points around specifically head contact. Yeah. Yes, that's a good point, that Tim. Yeah. It's, it's like as, as a P, from a PR perspective, it's an absolute shambles. The only uh, everyone involved with the high with the high tackle framework and everything else. Not high tackle framework. That's the wrong. That's the wrong one. That's actually quite good. Bringing it in um, at the bringing it in at the amateur level in the way that they did. Yeah, and the constant talking yeah. about it, and just giving these people too much power. The, the way they parade round the experts. Uh, you know, look at progressive rugby. What a bunch of grifters they well, are. Well, now we know that most sports for the amateur level. Most sports are as dangerous as rugby. We, they need to start progressive, uh, <laughs> progressive, yes. progressive horse riding, progressive Snooker. tennis, pro- progressive pro- theme parks. Yeah, progressive roller coasters. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine what a, sh- a terrible life we'd all live if these idiots? I mean, they're not serious, are they? The reason they hate rugby is because it, it's predominantly pay- played by men and aggressive men, and it celebrates masculinity. That's why they hate it. It has nothing to do with head contact. If you spend even, you know, if you ever see Alison Pollock on the ropes in it in an interview if you ever see it i've seen it a, a few times she abandons all of the science because she doesn't know anything about the science in fact she knows she does she knows her science is a fraud and she is a fraud no no she knows it's him may, she we, knows we don't, it we no, don't, no, listen, yeah, no, let me finish let me finish before you come in all high-minded to talk about no, her no, you've given no, her so much air no, no no you absolutely do all you, you need, need to do to is know. focus on the facts that we no, now have you, no because we need to know who, who the grifters are because we don't have that platform, well, but the people need to know who got, these clowns are. You've got a podcast where you could just say, give people the yeah, am, the ammunition but, to answer but, these but people. Phil's, but, but, but Phil's person, right, who were, you know, was talking, talking about his son, doesn't probably listen to our podcast, but he probably will get his information from the BBC. So when Alison Pollock come, c- comes on there, it's important that all of our listeners know exactly what a grifter that she really is. You're listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. We have just paused our transmission. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) We've just deleted a little bit of what just happened then. Um, And we're we're going back and and just uh, retracing our steps a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I I think we've standardised... We've tried to standardise our language somewhat. (laughs) (laughs) I think what we can agree on... Is that we, we were not fans of the certainly the way I, I am a fan. I am a fan of, of the word. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we, we were not a fan of the way. Oh, sorry. The way. The, sorry. the way that the RFU uh, brought in the new laws, or that they did it exclusively at the amateur level. We've talked about this many times on the podcast, and we we dislike the individuals that that maybe used a little bit of zealotry with some of their mm. research and the mm. evidence which they chose to put forward to sell books. And we're and we're <laughs> and we're quite happy. That there is a uh, there is some counter evidence, which unfortunately has now come out after the decisions have all been made, which which would would, would appear to prove the point that the people that had an issue with it in the first place had. Indeed, what happens next? Should we just like, let's have a little bit more of this, and then we'll get on with the pod. Right <laughs> there, we go. <laughs> You're right, then, Phil. I'm fine. I'm- <laughs> Uh, I've got a great view of the fireworks from from this side of the sofa. That's right. This is what I like about us, though, is we actually can disagree respectfully. And disrespectfully on occasion. <laughs> and occasionally disrespectfully as well. <laughs> so, um, uh, with the legalese, which has just been read out there, uh, are you aware someone tried to get in contact with us this week? 
Yeah, but I, I don't know if we should mention who, just in case it... No, let's mention it. No, just in case it prejudices the contact they may wish to make. Well, it can't, it can't do. He put it on Twitter. Oh, yeah, fair point. He yeah, did, so, actually, yeah. Yeah, he put it's it on that, Twitter. Right? Republic. I don't know yet what, what, what Will Carling, ex-England captain, British and Irish Lion... You know what I was fully expecting, don't, don't you? That he had some issue with something you'd said? Uh, I was fully expecting a lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, fully expecting a legal complaint. I don't know about what. I was racking my brain. So I mentioned Will Carlin recently. We've not mentioned... There's no jokes we've made, is there? There's nothing distasteful. But yeah, I was, I was expecting another solicitor's letter. Well, we've got, we got 10 years of podcast. There might be something there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, in, interestingly, I, I, there's someone... We'll find out. We'll wait and see. It seemed like, um, certainly from the little DM interaction, it seems like it's... Uh, it seems like it's okay. Has he DM'd us? Um, well, someone put in. Someone said tagged me. I, I never go on Twitter, but um, I someone messaged me on WhatsApp to say Will Carling's trying to get in touch with you. Did you know? Yeah, yeah. Someone told me that as well. So, so I, I, so I went on, and someone had tagged <coughs> me, and then I had a DM uh, waiting. So um, I, I know Will Carling's phone number, and it's, uh, it's, it's very, it's very, very good and very appropriate. Um, oh wow! For him as a rugby player. That's Ooh. all I can say. 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 69. <laughs> he played. Uh, he, wore th- he was an inside centre, but he wore thirteen. Yeah, it was Gus- him Jerry, and was that, that was Jerry Guscott because uh, I think that was because Jerry Guscott played for Bath, and Bath don't have a or never did have a number thirteen shirt. You're right, they didn't, did they? No. God, that so was I'm assuming th- it's only now that I've actually put two and two together and realised that must be why Jerry Guscott never wore thirteen because he played for Bath. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. I just always thought it was a like you know South Africa had to do the six and seven the other way around. I thought maybe yeah. it's just what they did then, but no. I That's assume really it's interesting. Probably to do with Bath. So, um, I guess Will Collin can email us at where contact chases at gmail dot com or you can email us guessing what Will Calling wanted to email <laughs> us about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but guess he's on a postcard. Uh, is it a lawsuit? Uh, interestingly, uh, I've someone got in touch with me and said that they've listened to uh, a recent podcast where I mentioned that um, I had that that Scottish guy, yeah, that went that went viral, but not at not because oh, it's a great video that not because of the the, the Scotland fan after the Ireland game at the World Cup back at the, about a month ago now, mm. uh, which went viral. Got got went on. Have I got news for you, etc. Yeah. So, so, and I sort of brushed it off and went, oh, oh yeah, oh, I didn't get any credit. One of those things. Someone got in touch and said, "You've got a, you've got a genuine cast iron um, claim for damages." Wow! Based on someone just taking your intellectual property. Christ, you could fuel the Learjet all the way to where London. <laughs> well, I, don't, I probably won't end up going anywhere. But I just thought it was a really interesting email to get out of the blue. Like, so no, no don't just take it. We like, were talking about AI before, right? And here's a malicious AI use which you could use so we obviously have a podcast been going for 10 years sometimes we're looser with the truth than we should be um, <laughs> just run an AI program to find anything damaging and then sue us for it or sue other people yeah don't, don't do it to us do it to a different podcast I might go and pay, patent that now so that only <laughs> I can use that power well but so you could go back through loads of podcasts. It, it's frightening to think what they might be able to do now because about five years ago, my my other half, um, Kate, she she was involved with this company in San Francisco, and they had enough audio. They got enough audio of her that they could basically just type in anything mm. and make. She was the demo for this. Wow! And, and this was like five years ago, and they could just get her to say anything. So you can, yeah, you can get anybody to say anything now. 
So that will soon be the defence. That will be the defence people have. No, no, it was AI. You know when people go, oh, someone someone hacked my account. I I didn't tweet that. That will be what it is. Oh, AI. I didn't say it. Oh, my God. I'm just thinking of all the malicious things that you can do with that. It's quite a lot, isn't it? So I'm I'm just reading about why there was no... um, Bath number 13 shirts. Oh, yes, please. Do you know why? No. In the history? Clifford Walter Walwyn uh, in 1919 was playing... Um, very, his, very timely, this feels like it's going to be. Uh, he's playing his 37th uh, appearance for Bath against Cross Keys. He was tackled by Cross Keys player George Greenslade, who was a minor. Don't you love old school names? Mm. Yeah, Walter... Uh, sorry, Clifford Walter Walwyn and George Greenslade... Uh, Walwyn Clifford took a blow to the kidneys, carried to the pavilion in a great deal of pain. Oh wow! Uh, and um, he was examined by Dr. Lindsay um, of Number One, the Circus in Bath. Nice. Taken to the Church Street Nursing Home, where another doctor um, performed an operation on him to uh, try and save well him and his kidneys, but. Unfortunately, after a brief revival, wow. at 11pm on the day of the game, he tragically died. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. So, that was the reason, 1919, so all what, the way through to so interestingly, what date 80 did, years later. What date did Bath stop caring about him? <laughs> well, it, it would have been a law brought in probably by like Heineken Cup or something. Yeah, or Premier Rugby, yeah. When Premier Rugby. Like, yeah. It's a weird one when you do that. Like, I, I do respect traditions and whatnot. But teams do things we're all the frequently now, too frequently for my liking, like retire numbers. Oh, um, in the NFL. NFL, it? they do it, yeah. Thankfully, we haven't done it in rugby yet. Uh, but I do think, like, when does this end? Like, I, I maybe you should say no more for in a season or something, but it just seems to be too frequent now, the retiring the retiring of numbers. Uh, well, Leicester Tigers used to have letters as well. Love like, that. In that same era when Bath Net were... They still do, by the way. Not on the back of the shirts, but they have it on the shorts. They have it on the shorts, mm. yeah. 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 Hence the ABC club and stuff. Oh, I thought that was about to be... Um, well, it's a great story. I thought it was about to be when you said 1919, something that might tie to Remembrance Sunday, which it was uh, today. Yeah. No. And it's. This, I love being at a rugby club on a, on a, remembrance, Sunday, know, it's, a remembrance Sunday. It's great, isn't it? It's so funny you say that because I was watching the... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Remembrance, um, silence. Uh, well, they had two. Obviously, they had the one. Well, yeah, every yesterday. game, but the two games I watched. Sorry. Oh, right, yeah. So Leicester Harlequins and then Northampton Saints Exeter, and rugby does do this remarkably well. It feels like it's in its DNA. 
And it's so jarring compared to all of the other awareness things that we're forced to watch. Like, so right. I, it just feels like this is the natural sort of thing they should be doing. You know, you're celebrating people that have done remarkable things, remarkably brave things. And it ties in so nicely with the sport. Mm. You're so right. It just... Yeah, you're absolutely right. And obviously, that it was lovely to see it during the Northampton game, what with the, the Edgar Mobbs yeah. element that, that Northampton are very proud of. But all rugby teams... It, that, well, I mean, Exeter Chiefs yeah. themselves have got a hell of a link with um, the Royal Marines. Oh, yeah, no question. You know, so it just feels... Like that is the sort of link and the way that rugby should be pushing itself, really. Because those are the traditional kind of values that people really like. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's a great It's shot. the strongest part of rugby, or one of the strongest parts of rugby. Yeah. And we don't do enough to, uh, sorry, we do enough to publicise it. Rugby itself R- does R- not R- do R- enough. I think rugby's ashamed of itself and, you know, all of, all of its traditions. But mm. it's I, it's- I must mention, as you just mentioned Exeter again, that Joe Simmons is tearing it up in the top 14 with Poe. Is beat, really? my, top, beat my beloved Bordeaux. Yeah, they beat Bordeaux. He's, they're, they're, um, he's top scorer in the top 14. Mm. That's not bad. And he's guiding his team to, I think they've won five matches out of the opening seven rounds, something like that. Bloody hell. They're looking really good. Which is which is big for Poe, particularly. Well, it is funny how players who are good over in the UK turn out to be exceptional. Yeah, five out of the opening six. Who did five out of the six, sorry. Yeah. Uh, don't know. I'll have a look. They have beaten, Poe have beaten... Um, They've just beaten Bordeaux. They beat Toulouse, beat yeah. Toulouse last week. They beat Perpignan, Lyon. Lyon's, Ra- a, Lyon's a big scalp. And, Rassing. And Rassing. And they, the one game they've lost this year was the opening game, 24-23. to 23. Away at Cast. Away. Goodness. So Joe Simmons-Poe is... Or Pow, sorry. Pow, 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 Pow. as we say. Looking very, very good. And he's got, um, he's got that Emilien Gaeton outside uh, at 13. Mm. Yeah, very very cool. But and just get on Gatoon. Do you uh, mean uh, the ex no, uh, fellow? Uh, no, guy. It's pronounced. It's written. Yeah, it's written. Galeton or he, Galeton. He's he's, he's, a, he's an absolute star. He will be. Oh, is yeah. this a young lad playing chance? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. He's he was the one who he was. Him and Bielbari were yeah. kind of skipped ahead from the under twenty straight into the national setup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the game I should have been at, were it not for a storm that took out some of the stand in La Rochelle. I didn't go to La Rochelle this weekend, as a result, with, some, with, with a, a group of us did not go. But um, La Rochelle got a win against my beloved Bayonne. Have that. With, with the last kick of the game, basically. And it was it would have been, JB, your perfect game. It was... 3-0. Uh, well, close to it, 3-0. It was 18-15... But, six, but six not a try. Penalty, yeah. yeah, six six penalties to five. You don't not, need tries. Not a try was yeah. scored. You don't. Tries are lovely, but you don't need them. A really good game should not need them. Yes, and, and just on, and just on the subject of the of French and choosing a French club, we've had some absolutely outstanding emails. Um, Chris Blackburn has pointed out that there are twin towns which might help you make. Up oh, your this mind. is a great email. I love this. He said. Uh, Thankfully, a number of French towns where clubs play are twinned with places that host premiership clubs, if that helps. It helps you uh, decide. Bordeaux uh, is twinned with Bristol. Mm, Bristol. That's not in their favour, is it? Bristol is also twinned with Toulouse. So those are two of your contenders so far. How do you feel about the fact they're both twinned with Bristol? Bristol getting Bordeaux and Toulouse. Bordeaux and Toulouse. You do feel, don't you, that some council officials are going on a jolly? Going on several jollies. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it does feel like that. Uh, Claremont is linked with Salford. Now, I've, I've been to both. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see it myself. <laughs> oh, do you want to know a Salford fact? Always. So, a friend of mine um, works at Salford Royal. So, um, she was mentioning that she works in the Mayo Building. And I thought, the Mayo Building in Salford? Mm. Because, you know... The biggest hospital in the world is called the Mayo Clinic. Well, the most profitable, as it turns out. I think they have revenues like twenty billion billion dollars. It's just an enormous, like Mayo. Anyway, so looked it up. The guy who founded the Mayo Clinic um, is from Salford, and he went over really? to America and then yeah, founded yeah found, founded the Mayo Clinic, which has now got institutions all uh, all over the world. Wow. Wow, because is he Irish as well? Yeah, I was going to say because I immediately think obviously of a delicious egg-based um, condiment. <laughs> yes, and County Mayo. Uh, yes, you do actually. Yes, you do. Don't know his answer. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd assume William something Mayo. His name was, I think. I, I I was in Salford last night. Were you doing what? Uh, I mean. Is this this dinner you were at? Yeah, it's barely in Salford. At the Lowry Hotel. Oh, so oh, just okay. over the Irwell. Uh, nice. The anaesthetics ball dinner. It was the anaesthetics ball. Oh, God, that, anesthesiologist that, that ball. That put you to sleep. Hey. Hey. Right, to move on. Uh, <laughs> so Poe is twinned with Swansea, uh, Rassing and Stad. Obviously, Paris uh, twinned with London, so that would be Quinns or Sarries. But I, I mean, quite, that is a that is a boring yeah, twin, isn't it? It's predictable. I quite like the Pro D two ones, and the, there's a few, but I'll just mention um, Aix en Provence, mm. which is. A wonderful little town. Uh, yep. A wonderful town. Uh, very Rose close, as very well. close to Marseille. A beautiful part of the world. And it's twinned with Bath. That's ah. nice I mean, you must be a, a beautiful town to be twinned with Bath yeah. as a Bath world, UNESCO World Heritage Site. So, yeah, fair play to Aon Provence, Exxon Provence. It's a lovely part of the world. Uh, although, now, the fact it's near to Marseille is, is a as far as I'm concerned, is a benefit, not a, not a negative. Summertime Marseille, not wintertime yeah. Marseille. Um, we've, Mike Kilkenny has just given a... Um, well, I mean, he's given a very in-depth um, guide, but he's just talked about the cities there, but where was it? Um, oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, oh, I'm trying, looking... What's the name? What's the name? It's our Georgian friend. Oh yes! Oh yes! Um, Andros Vili. Yes. Yes, Andros Vili. Uh, uh, Apologise, I think that's the surname. Anyway, he's, he says, although my heart is currently with Leon because of Nini Ashvili and Saganadze, Bordeaux must be on the top of your list for the following reasons: amazing architecture. Paris was actually rebuilt. Uh, the Paris rebuild was modelled on Bordeaux. Really? Very it's nice. It's like a miniature par- uh, Paris. And thank God uh, Le Corbusier didn't get his way with the uh, yeah. brutalist uh, vision that he had for right. Paris. He said, the stadium, the location and atmosphere, the Stade Chabon d'Almas is an old football ground with a beautiful architecture and a direct tram line from the airport. The tram takes 26 minutes and costs £1.80 
um, from uh, from there, a tram to the city centre is only 13 minutes. You cannot be in that. So yeah, I, I that's think, good. I think I've almost certainly made up my mind. I want bo- I want bo- Bordeaux. So you're just going to copy me? He also, are, are, you, are, you, are you saying you're having Bordeaux? I said Bordeaux last week. Oh, you, I thought you were waiting to make a final. A final no, decision. I think and I then, think I'm in on Bordeaux. And then and then my the, beautiful beloved so, Bordeaux. So I like it. So you can so in less than half an okay. hour from the airport, you can be at the stadium, and in 13 more minutes, you can be in town. That's what I want. I want that. And he said the fans are super committed. I'm sure you guys know why Southern uh, Southern France is a stronghold of rugby, but it is but it all allegedly started with Bordeaux as the British and Irish wine merchants started moving there in the 19th century mm. and brought the game to France. Bordeaux's predecessor team Stade Bordelais were founded in 1889. So a rich tradition of rugby. Right. Understanding and support. And then he finally says food and drink is out of this world and very reasonably priced. Mm. Brilliant. So I can't have Bordeaux. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> so, uh, Phil, Phil uh, I think, uh, yeah, you should be more hipster. Me more hipster. You're the rugby hipster. I'm not a rugby hipster. I can care less. <laughs> let's um, <laughs> let's get each other collectively because I know we don't care about the surprise and stuff. Let's for Christmas like buy each other a, a jersey. So <laughs> I'll buy Phil a Bordeaux one. For JB, you can buy me a Bayon one. Okay, and, and then Phil, then you can get JB whatever team he chooses. La Rochelle. I, I, it's, it's the, I love La Rochelle. I love everything they stand for as as a playing side. I just don't think I can get there. It does feel like you need a... With your boating background, it does feel like a, a coastal team would be your... With my boating background, the last thing I need is water. <laughs> um, so, no, I need somewhere I can go out. So, Bordeaux... Bordeaux. It's just Leon. Dubai that plays in the top four. <laughs> Leon might be the one. Leon, Leon's a happening city, So, mate. Leon is cool, right? But also does not have a direct flight from Manchester until very recently. Hmm. So I need a direct flight. I need a direct flight. So well, the hunt continues. All right. Well, let us know. Contact at gmail.com. I'm, I've already picked Bayon. Phil is in on Bordeaux. Bordeaux. JB, I'm all in. JB has still to decide his top 14 team. I, do you know, it's just a shame that Stuart Lancaster is coaching Racing. Because <laughs> otherwise that could be my team, you know. <laughs> but I can't support Stuart they've Lancaster. They've still team. got, um, what's, the, what's the old French international that's there? Um, Yannick Nyanga. They've still got Yannick Nyanga there. See, Yannick Nyanga, he's a... Yeah, it is. Well, actually, let's talk about Stuart Lancaster for a quick second. Because I think Stuart Lancaster is exactly the sort of coach that premiership teams need. And the reason I'm saying that is because I want to talk quickly about uh, Harlequins versus Tigers. Yeah. So I think what Harlequins have got up their sleeve at the moment is a really, really good plan, which is coach young lads really, really hard at the start of their careers and get as much out of them as they possibly can. And I think this could be, if not the future, no, I think this is the future. I think this is what you've got to do. You've got to get the youngest, cheapest lads up to speed as quickly as possible. I think Stuart Lancaster's are going to be very, very important across the across, across the Premiership as a whole now. Mm. Because I, how else do you get the Oscar Beards and, and Yan, how do you say his name, and Yanamu? and uh, Lennox, Lennox and Yanwu. And Yanwu. Yes. Uh, Murley wasn't playing. Uh, Liner looks superb. Nick David's not old, but, you know, he's actually... Uh, yeah, he's not, also not, not, not one of theirs. And who was the, who, who the other winger? It was Liner and Green, Tyrone Green. Yeah. But yeah. he's Safa. But, you know, if you look at their, their previous products too, uh, they, they are a production line of great backs. Mm. Absolute great backs. I think that's what I think that's what everyone's going to going to have to do now. They have to coach these young lads to an inch of their life and get as much utility out of them before their second deal. 
Mm. Then that's interesting. And yeah. then it's the who do you keep and who do you let go exactly. decision. Where, or, or just let them all go. Just let them all go and then replace them with new guys. You win nothing with kids, though. Although, I don't know, Tim Cocker, you always say you win everything with kids yes. all and, the time, and, and every time. Kid, and get the kids in. I always <laughs> say get the kids in. Yeah, it is interesting because although Harlequins have a very, very young team, it's still built off the back of um, some very old heads. Uh, Danny Kerber is always instrumental for them. Marla, always still. Instrumental for them. Bringing so back Launchbury. Yeah, so they do have a, you know, a spine or something. They didn't really miss Kerber. Kerber was on the bench this week, but he didn't really need to come on because Porter was good. Yeah, really good. Porter was really good. Really, really good. That, some of the things they do with Bourne Hunt are so good. Yeah. I mean, they are really, really good. Well, actually, one of the best... The try the Tyrone Green scored in the corner just before half-time was the bounce pass off the back of the scrum, but it was the way that uh, Anyanwu and Marcus Smith played off that little bit of yeah. um, disruption that the bounce, the bounce pass causes. That was ace. Yeah, I... The, both, both teams did some good... Like, Tigers are second bottom at the moment... Tigers are going to be just fine in this league. They'll be they'll be up there by the end of the season. They'll be up competing. They might have already lost too many games, but they'll be pushing for yeah, top but four. On the other hand, the top team in the tournament has only won four, so everyone well, everyone's lost. lost one game. Yeah, yeah so, uh, even you know Tigers second from the bottom are still in the mix. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anyone's out of the mix for the playoffs apart from Newcastle. Apart from Newcastle, until maybe last quarter well, of the season. Yeah, because because there's only eighteen games. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to be particularly bad not to make it into the Champions Cup this year. <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle and one of those. <laughs> Newcastle and their mates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I looking back at this game now, I think I don't know for, for certain, but the teams that I think are le- legit going to be good. Uh, in fact, Bath, Northampton, Harlequins. So far, I really like. So it's interesting because. Bath and Northampton, I've kind of got this feeling that, that I mean, this is not um, that groundbreaking, but they will be fair weather teams. They, they're they're going to be the kind lose. of team that in between, well, now and early March or, or late March, they're not going to score. They're not going to get that many points. Yeah, that's good. Quinns, I think they've they've got they've got a nuggety pack as well now. Here's a question for you: What is the most losses? a premiership winner as in a table topper has had in a season because I bet we exceed it this year well no because you've got fewer games so as a p- proportion as a, yeah, as yeah. a percentage maybe I, I mean Sar- Saracens won from fourth in 2015 no 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 not the eventual win of the tournament the, oh the league the team win. that tops, it, top, the, tops league the league winner I reckon they'll lose more games this year as a percentage than so the league itself is going to be very very entertaining it's just not going to be that higher quality. Yeah, let's, let's pick a random year. While you're doing that, I'll just say, because uh, the game's going on at the moment, Toulon are putting Racing 92 to the sword. But notably, Henry Arundel has scored on debut. Nice. It's, it's not, um, I've not seen the team actually. It's not Arundel and Wade on the wings, oh, is it? Oh, that's a good shout. Let's have a look. It is Arundel on one wing and no, Natu, Natubi on the other. But he's got mm. Shavonsi Fiku inside him. Uh, so I always like to see. Do you see which other English star did quite a bit this weekend? 
Oh, he's not even that big a star when he was in England, but he's now playing in France. Hmm. Not even that big. Oh, st- Zach Henry guided his team. Yeah, it's got twenty. Zach Henry twenty-one points uh, in Stade Francais going away to Lyon and getting a bonus point. Win. From no, no, not like he was a he was yeah. plucked from the Prodider. Championship or Prodider, and then and then not good enough to stay at Leicester, and now he's absolutely bossing it. I'm in not Paris. sure he wasn't good enough. I just don't think he fit in, fit into what they wanted to do. Yeah, but Zach Henry and Joe Marchant in the same backline. Hmm. Wow. In, in a win against Lyon away from home. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Is Joe Marchant's days with England over then? Uh, for now, because it for wasn't now, yeah. exceptional circumstances. Arundel is not over. He can come back. He can come back. Such Although, do you, th- do you really think that, season. Do you think that Owen Farrell's going to have Arundel back? I don't think Owen Farrell's going to say no. Well, <laughs> uh, like, it's an interesting... So this Arundel thing... We talk about this. So he's got some incredible raw potential, but Owen uh, uh, doesn't like him. No, Owen doesn't like him, <laughs> and and he's absolutely fantastic. But the one of the most not no, it wasn't infuriating. One of the most tiresome things I heard through the whole World Cup was get Arundel in, pick Arundel. He scored five tries against Chile. He get him five in. Five tries against Chile. Pick him against South Africa. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm not saying you should pick him, but having a difference maker like that in the same way that South Africa have Colby, can be absolutely vital. Now, you know, is he worth it? Oh, it depends how you want to play. It depends where you want to take your risk. But I, I think it probably would be worth yeah. a gamble. Well, I, so I, th- I think he sh- the World Cup actually showed he, it wasn't right in the world for him to be playing in, this, in the big games in this World Cup. And I say that for two reasons. One, uh, the, in- the games that mattered, the England and the South Africa game, or the semi-final and the... F- let me rephrase that. The semi-final and the final for South Africa against New Zealand and England, Colby and Aransi did virtually nothing. No, they were they were kick chasers With and the kick, ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attack. yeah. Sorry, you'd never saw their differential factor because they were kick chasers and kick receivers. They sort of and doing incredible try saving tackles. Aransi yes. definitely. Yeah, the Aransi one on. Uh, they do a few bits and pieces with ball in hand. No, no, he did. He did in. He did against France in the quarter final, but not again. Not in those last two games. The other thing as well, I'd add to that is like you do have to take risk with selection. I think England took that they played their joker if you want with Ben Earl. <laughs> like that was their risk. That was their risk. With who? Sorry. With with Ben Earl. Yeah. Because he's the guy that makes you play differently, and he's the guy that you have to compensate for. So whether you can compensate for another guy in Ireland, if he's not kick chasing, actually, do you know what? Scrap that. If he's not kick chasing, don't even take him. Like you need well, to that, that, first yeah. well, that, that, that's Phil's point that on, exact- on Colby and Aaron so yes they're incredible attacking threats as Arundel is but however the reason that they were effective for South Africa in a World Cup final is because of inc- Kick chase. incredible defence yeah. and incredible work rate yeah I yeah. played uh, Peter Steph to toy on the wing <laughs> My, give me Miles Benjamin on the phone. Yeah, absolutely. You're yes. a hard worker. Yeah, I'll hundred percent best rucking winger in world rugby. Unbelievable, ever. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Long time listeners of the podcast will get that. Um, and if you don't get that, then go back and listen to the back catalogue. Understand, understand <laughs> yeah. that. It's also the reason why there is a Miles Benjamin shirt immediately above JB to the left. There is mm. a match weight shirt. Dona- a match weight shirt donated by the man himself. No, it's not. Is it not? No, but I did get in touch with him to tell him that I've got it. And he, he's amazed. <laughs> he's, he's amazed that it even existed. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about uh, Exeter Northampton? I kind of have, haven't we? Already. Have we? Yeah. So trying to talk a bit more. What do we say about it? I, 
I've lost uh, I've, I've lost track of time. Uh, uh, uh. Northampton were, were really good. Um, yeah, we probably not go into much detail, but yeah, Northampton good. Exeter underwhelming, and Exeter. Um, I'm trying to think how many times it happened in this game, but their discipline was poor. It was notable. Yeah, discipline was poor, but it was also notable that after what, maybe 50 minutes or so, that they only had five points on the board. Yeah, because I'm not sure how many kickable penalties they turned down, but. They've had a habit in the last couple of years, or last year certainly, where they weren't as powerful and formidable as they were, say, two, three years ago. And they were still turning down three points and they've not been able to get away with it. Yeah, on that, it's an interesting one because when they beat the Saracens, this is what they did. And whether they'd have beaten Saracens by kicking their points or not, I don't know. But they beat Saracens in a league game. And what I loved about it was they kept on going to the corner and Saracens kept on repelling them, but it was the build-up of pressure until Saracens finally cracked, and that's how that's how they won the game. Mm-hmm. Now, it'd be interesting to know what the counterfactual is if they kick their points. Same here. Uh, you know, Is it better to kick your points? Well, presumably it is if you're getting uh, repelled at every stage. But I think you've got to go into that game with a plan then, and then stick to it. There's no point in switching from the driving mall to kicking your points on 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. You've just got to decide what it is. Talking of actual um, sticking to plans and, and, and whatnot, why do BT Sport, TNT. TNT Sport, insist on interviewing, is it Matt Ferguson, the, Gloss, the Northampton, Northampton they, scrum coach? They don't insist on it. Someone insists on it. Northampton, and they had, Northampton. Northampton. On it. Did you hear what he said today? No. No, I didn't know This that. was simply remarkable right there, there should be an independent third party like a bunker and when someone says something um when someone says something like this there should be canned laughter that just piped through the screen um he's they said and nick mellon's asked him um well, will you be bringing on your front row are these the times when you think you might bring on the front row and he goes well we've had a we had a plan at the start of the game but we also adapt during the middle of the game so we'll stick with that so with which one? Which one do you mean? <laughs> and compare that to Rob Baxter, who got about five minutes of just... Uh, like, as the game was going on, and Rob Baxter was just talking in such amazing depth and detail. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he has... He's really... Maybe it's not the detail. He's not giving you all the detail, but he's certainly given you how he feels about that game. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's it's not quite unfiltered, but it feels like yeah. He's just telling his mate. He's like, this is what like I think. You, yeah. This is what I think is going on. And we just need, you know, and I don't like when any coach says, "Oh, you just need to work on the details." You need to tell me what the details yeah, are. It, yeah, it's not media trained, is it? Like, yeah. like you like you say, he will keep some things back, but he's like answering honestly and sincerely. Yeah. I'm going to tell you as much as I'm able to tell you. So, do you know I had a, a real go at some of the. Uh, some of the commentators for Walk Up Final for not wearing a shirt and tie because I think it's completely di- disrespectful to the institution. Mm-hmm. I think Matt Ferguson's it answers is disrespectful to the listener. Like, you've been selected to talk to the wider rug- rugby audience, and the only thing you can think of is, well, we have a plan to start the game and then we change it in the, mi- in the middle of the game, and then to give it a complete non sequitur, which is so we'll stick with stick with that. It's just disrespectful. So I don't know what the actual truth is, but I wonder what was if what was going through his head is like. Well, it's not really my call. It would almost be better if he'd said, "To be honest, it's yeah. not my call." The, the bosses are up in the yeah, stand. Just I, say that. I do what they tell me. They tell me in this little earpiece, and then I, and I'll get them going. Yeah, that'd yeah. Be, oh, that's really interesting. That is actually interesting. <laughs> that is actually interesting. yeah, yeah. You know, there's no there, there's no harm in telling the truth, right? But just give you this media. I mean, it's so out of fashion now as well. But I just think it's disrespectful to the listener. 
Like you're trying to, you've been selected to try and presumably tell someone something about the game that they don't know. You're a professional coach, and you come out with that. I just think you need to do better, mm. much better. He does normally get. I mean, I can I can understand why he's a bit defensive because. He coaches for, the Northampton scrub. Yeah, and for the <laughs> for the last like two or three years, every time they've they just picked the time where his scrum has lost four in the, on the bounce. Yeah, They're like going yeah. backwards at a rate of not three penalties, and it's like, right, Matt, how's things going? Well, well you, you know how it's going. You've just watched. You just watched what's happened. To be fair to him, right? To be fair to him, he has been a scrum coach in a team which does not prioritise scrummaging. <laughs> that, not my words. Right? Um, the words of his director of rugby, which is like, hey, look, we, we you know, this is what we do right? we're very good at the things we do uh, do but we're on, on that with Northampton they seem like, it seems like there's an intent to be more balanced this season doesn't it I totally agree with that yeah there's a bit of a shift away like they need to be a bit tougher up front there again the way they've got those backs playing together I mean I, I don't know where they're yeah, yeah but look at the back row look at the back row options when they're all fit and available how we, you can't get into one back row this is how good you're going to have one of these on the bench Joano Augustus mm-hmm. Courtney Laws Tom Pearson Lewis Ludlam <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, it's good, and and there's nothing wrong with Angus uh, Scott Gardner and um, has Aaron Hindley left? I think he has, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, uh, I like him. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but the yeah, power so, station. Yeah, the power, so they've got serious quality in the back row, and their locks aren't bad at all. They're decent. Yeah, they're okay. I mean, everyone everyone moves well. Everyone, yeah, they. I think they're just not a good team. scrimmaging team. That's, I think they're that's a, the problem. They look like a serious team. They, well, they, they brought Trevor Davidson in just to yeah. literally yeah, to, yeah. To solve that problem. But they also let Aaron Painter go. Who he is, wasn't solving any problems when he was there. He wasn't, but he's looking like he could solve a few problems for some teams. Well, he's an inter- yeah, he is an interesting one. I, I wonder if he should have left earlier to a team which actually... I'm not saying Northampton don't value his talents, far from it. But they weren't built around him. Like In the same way Thomas Francis thrived at Exeter... Aaron Pay- I, Thomas Francis would not have thrived in Northampton. Don't play, don't don't play the right game for him. But Exeter, Aaron Painter, yeah, why why, why not? Why do they move on from him sooner? Mm. Mm. Um, to answer a question you asked before, or well, a question that you kind of set up before uh, when you were saying that the winner of this year's Premiership will win a um, lower percentage of game than anyone before. Yep. So do you know what the um, Worst win record has been historically from a percentage perspective or or a number. Was it when twenty percent? I'll go tw- what, win the league. No, no sorry, sorry, <laughs> lost twenty percent of the games. Okay, uh, I, I will go. Win. I will go. It was when Saracens won it from four and twenty <laughs> percent. Yeah. I'll say it's uh, 64 percent. Um, just higher than that. So it's it's. Uh, 68%, which has happened quite a lot, actually. It happened in 2020, and then you have to go a good chunk back back to... Who were the winners? Who was 2020 winners? It was Exeter. Okay. Uh, and then go back to 2010, when Tigers won. That's, this is 15 out of 22 games. Gives you 68%. It happened again in 2009, it happened in 2008. It happened in 2007. Oh, wow. So it happened quite a lot. Uh, it happened in 2005. Uh, and in... No, that was it. From I went back to the... Imagine what it would be if there, wasn't, if there wasn't the two guaranteed wins against Newcastle. I'm being unkind. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, 68%, mm. which 
given we only have 18 games, let's just do the maths, equals 18 times 0.68. So you have to win... Well, it's 12.2, so you'd have to win 13 games um, to be better. If you win 12 games, you, you're worse. So 12 games is the target for JB to be right for the, the top of the league. There you go. Perfect. Mm. I just got to briefly tell you about a great win that happened this weekend. Go on, please, please as well, do. As well as Marlow, it was uh, <laughs> your boys from Marlow. Scalp a scalp that was taken, lank, cross border, cross border match. Rafi Quirks, Broughton Park under 16s did Macclesfield under 16s. That is good. Macclesfield, like Phil, will know this from your historically, time at yeah. Macclesfield cross county junior. borders. Well, Lancashire, Cheshire, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we don't get, yeah, we don't get to play Macclesfield in the Lancashire Cup, but they are them and Wilmslow are the two best teams in Cheshire and seventeen seven. It was a good mm. win. But you were just talking about following through on a plan, and that was one of the proudest moments today as a coach. Was um, I, I actually it was one of those occasions where they were so committed. The pitch looked a bit like the Somme, and they were defending their line heroically on Remembrance Sunday. And so I honestly wouldn't mind. I wouldn't care what the result was. I was like, I'm properly proud of these lads. But it's when you see them sort of. Um, you, you you don't have to say as you don't have to say anything from the sidelines and they kind of make decisions for themselves they're sort of mm. like becoming decentralized <laughs> command exactly it was amazing <laughs> so we were 3 points up with about 10 minutes to go and we were in their 22 and got a penalty like in a very kickable position 3 points up and i was thinking no i think there was maybe 5 minutes left and i was thinking no don't don't kick don't kick the three because that puts us six points up and they can kick off and put us right on our own line. And the conditions as it was, boggy pitch, mm. rain driving, it's really hard to get out of your own 22. So I was thinking, no, just either stick this in the corner or, or just tap and go and go. And they, and they tap and go and got a couple of, they got a couple of sustained penalties and just wound the clock down and then scored right at the end. And Macclesfield... What was the score in the end? 17-7. Oh, awesome! Great work. Awesome! Yeah, so it was just like it, it was one. Of, it was like, oh, these fifteen-year-old lads are sort of they, working it out. It's their team, and they're working it out. I love it. It's brilliant. Yeah. The Ma- yeah. how, how did no? That's not fair to say. How did Maxfield take the loss? No, but no. Maxfield presumably thought they were going to win that one. Uh, I, I, th- I think the look on some of the faces, but from the parents as much as anything, was like. What? This isn't the script. This is that's the first. I know this, that feeling. It's the first game they've lost. We lost a, a game in school. Um, about the same age and we were good well we, we were terrible rugby school but we were good relatives to all the state schools around uh, around us and we lo- lost to Dufferin Conway and it just uh, we couldn't believe what was happening we just <laughs> the game was a sca- it wasn't by much but we couldn't get over the try line and they defended like monsters it was a brilliant game and they were just better they were just better but like that feeling of like when you get beaten, it's like the squash ladder, right? If you and your mates play squash together, when you first play squash, like, yeah, yeah, fine, and like the order's established. When that order starts changing, that's when things get really competitive. <laughs> and that's the feeling you get. It's like, how did that happen? It's like, um, it was joy. <coughs> Hated it. <laughs> it was probably about 40 minutes out, out of the 80 was played in our own 22, and the, just the defence was absolutely heroic. But um, I've just got another email here quickly. Uh, Ed Busy, who says... He was talking about derbies. I forgot to mention this one earlier. He said, forget Bathory Bristol. The local derby of the Southwest is Camborne versus Red Ruth. Ooh, ooh. Town got promoted to National 2 West last season, meaning the first competitive local derby in 32 years. Wow. Two first half tries by local lad and former Fiji Bath Chiefs and Osprey Centre Josh Matavesi helped Camborne secure the win. Nice. 
They'd run out of pasties by half time, but thankfully there was always a plentiful supply of cider at the wreck. So there you go. There's another local derby we've had already. Anyway, contact oh, at gmail.com. Yeah, someone mentioned the Richmond London Welsh. Uh, London Scottish. Sorry, Richmond. London Scottish derby, yes. Yes, this was Ben Fenton who said um, London Scottish and Richmond share a ground and yeah. the fans hate each other. Um, various <laughs> things have happened in the past. Ten years ago, Scottish poached the Richmond coach, Brett Taylor. And in the off season last year, uh, sorry, in, in last season, Richmond were relegated. And that was something narrowly avoided by London Scottish. And guess which team Ben supports when he says last season London, London Scottish used 32 dual registered players to just pit Richmond to uh, avoid relegation. <laughs> wow. Underhand tactics. I oh, know. Um, yeah, anyway. So there was an email. Uh, it's a couple of weeks old now from Ian Mayer. But I, I was flicking back through a few and saw this. It was titled Phil's Book Recommendations. Oh, yeah. Which <laughs> was uh, love the book recommendations that Phil subtly slips into the chats. Blah blah. Pod is okay too. Um, and he says he's going to take. He, he listened to the audio book of Shoe Dog, which is um, the Phil Knight story, oh, which yeah. is really the acquired podcast. On the, this is very good too. The acquired podcasts, all acquired podcasts, are very good. But um, the acquired on Nike is superb, mm. and Shoe Dog is superb as well. And he said he's going to start Thinking Fast and Slow, which we discussed. Although, I enjoy that. I, so I've, I've not actually read Thinking Fast and Slow, and I've been told it's hard work. It's very hard work. But I have read what we've, we've both read, The Undoing Project, about um, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky, which is by Michael Lewis of Moneyball and other fame, who's doing a... He was... Um, he's with Sam Bartman Freed. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was actively uh, so, yeah. writing a book... With Sam Backman Freed as everything kicked off. So when oh, that wow. when that Look, book okay. comes out, yeah, <laughs> when that book comes out, that will be you can make all Sam Backman Freed's money back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to spend in the commissary in prison. That will exactly. be dynamite. Has he been sentenced now? No, he's been found guilty of nine charges though. So when does he get sentenced? I don't know. I hope he spends a long time in jail. It yeah, could it could be yeah multiples of a don't normal person. But life. Do you know where you should invest? Uh, g- tell me, please, Tim. Uh, if I were investing, and actually in the new year, I need to think about that um, for investments at the, for the end of my company's financial year. Mm, I would go to wise. Beardmore and Co. Independent Financial Advisors. That's exactly right, Tim. That's exactly, be- definitely better than uh, investing with Sam Bankman-Fried. No question there. But my, my current book recommendation is a book called Seven Games. Uh, uh, something like Seven Games, A Brief Human History or A Human History by Oliver Roder which is really, really good. And I almost mentioned it, actually, when you were talking about the um, AI games, which I, I kind of hate the idea of everyone living their little um, virtual game, uh, even though I do occasionally partake in computer games myself and love that. It's a step from that to... It's a big step. The metaverse and buying real estate in in a Massive. digital world. But Seven Games is a, it's a great... So he picks... Uh, Looking at chess? Che- yeah, chess, Scrabble. checkers, Scrabble is the chapter I've just read, bridge, poker, poker go, um, and one other, I think. But it, it's telling the story of the, the games themselves, but also looking at the current um, trajectory of those games and how AI and algorithms are either solving them 
or failing to solve them or beating them and failing to beat them. And I actually think maybe if... I don't think... Uh, was it Ed Warner that you mentioned before? So I don't think that's got any legs at all. No. However, I do wonder if there is something that... Basically, a lot of the successful... So, like, successful chess and successful Go um, uh, AI is helping the best players become better because it's it's offering them strategies that no human has ever come up with and then the humans combined with the AI are implement the, implementing those strategies better. So, same with um, poker, same with Scrabble. So, so maybe that's so AI where... AI could construct a... A salary cap strategy for acquiring uh, <laughs> a squad. Well, maybe, I'm, I'm more maybe not because I think there's too many intangibles. But I'll tell you what, it could definitely help you. Lineouts. Yeah, that's where I'm thinking yeah. of like play. So create or, or like backline moves. Create a thousand backline moves. Then you pick and run the the best, the premium ones of those. Pick a thousand. Create me a thousand lineouts and Just, pick a. So- or like think of the laws in a different way, perhaps run yes. these run these in but different ways. I don't ways. think the laws necessarily. Maybe they'd work. I, um, I don't know. The, the uh, certainly the selection of certainly this. Well, this comes back to my unique thinking, which I sort of postulated a, a while ago, which is you need two coaching teams. You need the first coaching team to examine. And create a game plan based on last year's league. So you're coming into your preseason, right? <coughs> and therefore, you examine last season and you make up your logical coaching plan for how you're going to play this season. But bearing in mind everyone's doing that, you need a second coaching team who the first coaching team present their plan to, and then they create the plan that you'll actually to beat play it. to beat it, right? <laughs> so I was talking to the coach of RGC a few years ago, and he said, yeah, this year we found out that you know the Ruck is uh, two seconds faster, so this year you're going to be focusing on the Ruck. I said, well, I mean, you're a good coach, but I'm not sure you're you know a genius. I'm sure everyone else has picked up on this. Like, you can't be the only one that's picked up on it. So you must all be doing the same things. This is where AI comes in. They construct the game plan that you're most likely to see, i.e. the first coaching team, and then you construct the game plan in order to beat that game plan. That's what I think. Yeah. But I think there's something in that, although... Yeah, I do. The the problem with it, I've said this before, in rugby is there are just... There's too many variables. So, like, if if you're looking at... If you're coding, um, which is what, like Moneyball, Michael Lewis, when they're coding baseball, there are only two moving parts at any time. There's yeah. the pitcher throwing a ball and the batter swinging a ball. That's it. So you can code these things and the variables are minute. Whereas if you take, just in today's um, game, Northampton, Exeter, there was probably, I don't know, 300 tackles, something like that. Between two and 300 tackles. Some of which are one on one, some of which are four on one, some of which are two on two. They're just the, and everyone's coming from different. It's just, it's too messy to to really utilize AI for that. What you could use it for is the one variable which I think everyone is trying to crack is space. You know, if you had a heat map of where all the players are. Uh, given times like how do you manipulate that space and where is the space but, mm. the, but the space is there because of breaking the line getting over it, the game as, line. as a yeah. instant reaction to the movement of every other player on the field at, in that moment it's it's so they're, they're all related i think where where i come in at it from a different angle and 
thinking about what would what would break AI if it tried to solve rugby is thinking about what Kansas City Chiefs do under Andy what's the guy's name the coach head Andy the head Andy Reid Andy Reid thank you uh, Andy Reid has a session a week and it's in that quarterback show on Netflix if you if you've not watched it but um, Patrick Mahomes talks about this but there's one session a week where they have a couple of hours where any player that's come up with a plan they 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 map, show it on show it on the board to the team and then they they go and try it that's Ooh. really cool so, it, so there's actually been get plays that have been run in super bowl matches which were complete bonkers thinking that came up from like okay we've got a couple of hours to try things that might completely bomb yeah might be terrible but but let's try and think about it in a different way do something that you wouldn't expect in a totally different yeah. way that's where I think because if you've got however many the 30 players in the squad thinking of those or an AI which will con- theoretically just yeah. think infinitely infinite yeah yeah infinite combinations and then you get the players to say well these are all total nonsense but these something maybe yeah or you run you run as many of them as you can I can remember as a cult do you remember when the wall uh, penalty yeah, yeah the wall penalty so we had a wall penalty and scrum off would tap it and I'd be the first person in the wall and there'd be a, a line of us there and the, the the move was I would stand and hold it as the pivot and everyone would dummy that they'd taken the ball off me and were running in like a wedge shape, like a driving mall thing. <laughs> and I just have to stand there with the ball on my tummy. And it, we practiced it. It was like I have to stand there with the ball on my tummy for about five seconds, like long after the, the sort of and fake, that, fake mall had been set up. And then I just peel off and run. And that five seconds would feel it like it would feel like forever. Yeah, we scored a try from it. No, I didn't actually score the try, but I I <laughs> I, I got completely clear in open space because. The whole opposition just followed oh. followed everyone else. But as Phil said, that like five seconds was like felt. I thought, I'm waiting for it. Waiting. He's got the ball. Smashed. He's got the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. So maybe, yeah. AI and a bit of lateral thinking. Yeah. 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 I, like it. I like that. It's not. It is not going to. Ruby is not a solvable problem. No, it's not. But it can give you. It can potentially give you an advantage. Yes. Yeah, I always think, would it solve the problem? Have you seen the very famous example of unintended consequences of where they put armour on aircraft? Yeah, yeah. Do you, do I you love that. that. The, the picture <laughs> of all the bullet holes. Yeah. The, the plane, planes are coming back to base with bullet holes, like tips of the wing and uh, down the middle, but avoiding the fuselage. So they strengthen those points because the planes are coming back with bullet holes in those points. It, missing oh. missing the fact <laughs> yes. that oh. they're the ones that are getting back. Yeah. It's not, because, it's not so, because they're getting hit more there. It's because they're surviving. So, so would they AI solve that problem? Because if it would, if it, would, <laughs> if it could interpret, interpret that data, then I'm all for it. If it can't, then, yeah. you know... you maybe, maybe that is a... Um, that's like the true Turing test. Something yeah. something like that, that lateral thinking. Yeah. Mm. I love that story. Great news with um, yeah. Armadue wingtips. Thanks. <laughs> uh, quick, quick live Henry Arundel update. Um, according to uh, people uh, people on a shared WhatsApp group we're all in, uh, mm. he has done absolutely nothing except score tries. He's just touched the ball twice, scored two tries. Faz right then. Faz yeah. right to hate him. Yeah, how's, it, how's his kick chasing? Terrible. Yeah. Non-existent. But he scored another try. Um, <laughs> two tries, wow. Yeah, two tries on debut. Uh, right, I've, I've, just ha- I've just thought of a little idea. Okay. We could, the bit which we removed from this podcast, uh-huh. which we actually, like again, 
telling you how the sausage is made. We haven't actually deleted it yet, but we, we will have done by the time you li- you're listening to this. We could just plonk that whole section and int- introduce it as a Patreon podcast. No, because people can listen to five minutes free of that, and I just don't want it. Let's just get okay. rid of it completely. All right, fine. We've had a course of action. Right, I, I, think games- that, I think that probably is the best thing. Yeah, I think that's probably a wise uh, what, are the, what are the games next week? Oh, great question. Isn't it? I've got it. I've got it if you want, Phil. Let me get it. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah if, whoever's it. there first. You're on it, you're on it, you're on it. Ultimate Rugby? Uh, it informs me. London it's, Irish. It's Derby weekend. It's Derby London, weekend. London Irish versus Worcester. <laughs> big yeah. game. It's Derby weekend. This is, this is a great bunch of fixtures. You've got Bath v Bristol Friday night. Ah, so another West Country Derby. Yeah. You've got... Um, find out who's king in the north. Sale v Newcastle. Not, not really, a, not really a derby, and it's going to be a beatdown as well. So that won't, yeah. that won't be fun. Horrendous beatdown. So I assume the Bath Bristol is the televised game on Friday night. Uh, I hope so. It yes, must be. It must be. It must be. Of course, it is. Why? Why? Why, why must that be? Uh, Newcastle beat down. I mean, Newca- no one's going to beat down Boulevard. Uh, to, on, I'm no, going no, to beat down no, Boulevard. No, no, lots of people will be going, and they'll have a great time at the, the Temple, Temple of, of Fun. fun. <laughs> But Beat Down Boulevard will not be I on TV on cameras. Friday, actually. I'm just trying to think if I've got anything on Friday. I'm sure I've got something on, but I can't what, remember. Watching Bath Bristol on the telly? In the Maybe. Warm? God, no. Actually, I've not been to the, age of the Temple of Fun for a long time. <laughs> so I think, I think I might make my, make my reappearance, just like uh, Tri- Triple H did when he returned to hope, WrestleMania. I you have to check if there's any seats first. I, seats. I don't. I, I'll be, I'll, I won't sit there. Okay, straight in the country, uh, and then Saturday, Leicester Northampton. Yeah, spicy. Oof, that's tasty. <clears throat> that's tasty. And that is so. I can see Leicester winning that, despite them being at opposite ends of the table. Yeah, I can as well. Looking at the kickoff times, I'm hoping this is two televised games because you've got Leicester Northampton three o five, Harlequin Saracens at five thirty. Mm. Oh yeah, but will point. will TNT Sports do two televised games in an afternoon? Have they got some motocross or yeah. something else to I'm tell you what? Though, I'm hoping so. That five thirty game is going to be game of the week. Yeah, well, I'd, both of them. Uh, those two side fixtures are excellent. No, I, I mean they are excellent. Don't get me wrong, but. Quinn Quinn Saracens is gonna be dynamite. They yeah. hate each other. They really hate each other. I think actually that might be the bit like Leicester Northampton's a bit. It's a bit chummy, isn't it? It's like a, a bit. Oh yeah, okay, we hate each other. It's historic. There is real animosity. Like recent edge. Yeah, I don't actually think the two sets of players even like each other. I really <laughs> do not believe. I certainly the coaches don't. Like, if, if look at Bath Gloucester. Yeah, again, a big derby. But I think they'll go for a drink with each other in Cheltenham. But mm. Harlequin Saracens, no. No, 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 no. Marcus Smith and Owen Farrell hate each other. Oh, my God, the hatred is real. <laughs> the hatred is real. And then on Sunday, Exeter Gloucester. Not really a derby, is it? That is an awesome round of fixtures. Yeah, that is a, it's a good round of fixtures, you're right. Do you know, these weekends really get me down. Because... Like this weekend of rugby, I really enjoyed it. I've been so down on rugby for a long time, but watching <coughs> this weekend of fixtures, I thought the rugby on display, the product was amazing. And looking at these fixtures, these should be amazing fixtures too. Uh, I, th- yeah. I think you'll get some good games there. Oh, they'll be amazing! But like, it just breaks my heart. Why can't no one watching the powers that be? How how hard can it be to sell those amazing fixtures, that incredible spectacle? to people that want to watch it how hard can it be oh in fact in fact that's what I wanted to talk talk, talk, talk about um, 
It's not that hard. Because Gloucester did it. Did you see the Gloucester video? Yes. I mean, they'd got a video and they got a friend of the pod, Sam, Sam, Sam Roberts, to uh, narrate it. And it was just about Gloucester's history and what it is to be a Gloucester player and what it means to be a Gloucester player. This might make a really good, like, 10, 15-minute Patreon pod. Yeah, and that's what we'll do. We'll talk we, about it there. we talk about it there. Because yeah. I think, I th- I th- I think you, you might have tapped on something. And I may have a slightly different opinion. You do. Which uh, I think might be interesting to explore. Just it seems I don't know if it's Derby weekend generally, but I'm looking at um Stade Francais v Racing next weekend as well. Mm. And uh La Rochelle Bordeaux, which aren't that far away from each other. They're both west west side. Um uh, but it's worth uh, if we can't end this podcast without mentioning your boys Phil. I know. Very proud. Pride. What happened? Ulster hammered. Uh, maybe not quite hammered, but eventually came from behind to beat Munster. Did um, Zebra beat Stormers? Uh, yeah, so top 14. Um, it was a, a good you week are... for. You had Benetton winning as well. Did that? Stop there, just stop there. Yeah, Benetton beat the Stormers and Zebra, Zebra, Zebra beat the Sharks. Sharks. Bloody hell. Now, I do think the Sharks. And the Stormers still haven't dried out from the World Cup celebrations. Well, was it a real Stormers and Sharks team? Uh, no. Right, doesn't count. And this is the problem with like the URC. Until it irons this stuff out, I mean, the playoffs are phenomenal. The the teams, the potential teams are absolutely world class, but the product is still village. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. You, you you can say that. So the the Dragons got pumped by Leinster. Well, that doesn't sound like the Dragons that I know. <laughs> uh, 14-man Dragons uh, for the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Got pumped by Leinster. Leinster side. They did have some big big names in there, but they, they also had... There's a lot of internationals not in that Building team. to the next World Cup, yeah? Well, yeah. Of the of the starting Ireland team, Sheehan's there. Dan, Dan Sheehan. Sheehan. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. No talk about Leinster building for Europe this year, is there? Like uh, just nothing. What do you mean? Well, at the start of last season, everyone's thinking, yeah, Leinster are going to be uh, challenging for Europe. Um, Ireland are going to be winning the Six Nations because of the, all the World Cup build-up. I think that was instrumental to Ireland win. And now, obviously, Ireland have got another four years to wait for a World Cup chance. It just seems very quiet on the European front. We still got Irish to win the. Europe. Yeah, we've got another four weeks before it'll Europe. It will ramp up. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. I, I would have thought I, so. I think with Jacques Nienar, but Leinster are probably thinking we've got. You've got this. Maybe we've got the final piece to get us across the line. I think they could be right. You know, mm. good lord. Good yeah, although lord. It, it could be a uh, Ben Ryan type situation or Matt Proudfoot type situation. What are these situations? Uh, ben, ben, ben Ryan, the the greatest coach in the world, yep. um, who just happened to have all of the best, <laughs> all of the best, most athletic, <laughs> most skillful, biggest, strongest, fastest players, mm. and Matt Proudfoot, the uh, World Cup winning South African yes, scrum coach, think, uh, when he went to England and had uh, Kyle Sinclair and Ellis Genge to play with. Yeah, what do you think? Not he quite as successful. He, he showed up and said, "Right, bend over and push," and that was more than sufficient for South Africa to win <laughs> yeah, scrums. Exactly. Right, you know, he didn't even show up to work some days. He still won scrums. <laughs> <laughs> but let's finish the podcast on this. Henry Arundel's just got a hat trick. There he is. Still refuses to chase a kick, though. Yeah, lazy. from what I've heard, um, I, I really do. Like, I think he's he's such a talent that I think it'll. Co- I think he will come good for England. 
it's just getting the right um, the right balance between the. Oh, no, uh, uh, it must have just scored a hat trick then, because I, I can't see it on. Uh, I'm just just going off WhatsApp. Yeah, I haven't. Um, and I I replied. Our friends just put Arundel hat trick. I replied, "What's his kick chase like, though?" And the reply I've got back to, "I don't know." Ra- it's it's, it's rassing. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Right, let's leave it there. We haven't right, let's leave it there. Right, uh, Patreon.com slash egg chasers, uh, where we will be talking about that Gloucester video. Uh, it's quite an interesting little talking point. You can support mm. the podcast there. Uh, come and listen to us there, and subscribe wherever you get your pod, and let the boys end. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.